After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Deuce and more. and more. Do and more. They tell you what they know. Do and more. Do and more. Do and more. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Do and Mo podcast. Oh, it's been a while since we had a Kings game. Monday, the disappointment of losing to the Pelicans. A lot of time to think, a lot of time to overanalyze and process things. Ooh. We had to wait all the way until a Friday night in the Valley of the Sun. Kings and Suns, no Kevin Durant in this game, no Grayson Allen. Bradley Beal, he's only played three games for him this year. Anyway, out of the lineup, oh, Kings should coast. Well, got off to an ugly start. Kings allowed 59 points in the first half, but what happened in the second half? A big-time performance in that third quarter. Sacramento holds the Sun to 12 points in the third quarter. And then De'Aaron Fox said, it's time for me to take over. He had 23 points in the fourth quarter. And the Kings go on the road and beat the Suns tonight, 114-106. to And after 20 games... They are 12 and 8. Hey. I'm Juice Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Check out their website, northwestexteriors.com. Morgan, how you doing? Oh, I was waiting for that question. I am feeling uh, good. I love Friday Night Hoops. I love a King's win. But also, it was one of those nights coming into this where I was like, ooh, what is that type of rest going to do that? To this team. We've seen teams respond after, you know, some nights off um, where you see some sluggish basketball. We've seen teams 
after some nights off, respond just like coming out, excited to go. I felt like we got a little bit of both from this team and it started off sluggish and then they really did a good job of bouncing back in that second half. I don't care what was said in that locker room, but it worked. Morgan, I was thinking some bad things in the first half. I believe Especially it. the way that game started. Phoenix got off to an amazing start. I believe it was, what, 11-2 to two to start this game? Mm. The point is, Sacramento's defense was just not good at all. I mean, I, I got so irritated with some of the mistakes I was seeing early. Yeah. Where it's like, they've been talking about defense all week. We've seen the signs of them being a good defensive team. And to start the game... Allowing great looks from three. I thought some of the doubles, Booker was just destroying. He was taking it to Keegan early. And oh. I felt, felt like Keegan was maybe playing him too tight. I agree. That's what I looked like early on, too tight. And then I thought when they were helping to try to trap with a big, it was game over. Mm-hmm. And then they went some pick and roll, and Sabonis was in a lot of trouble trying to defend Booker. It was a really bad start defensively, and then offensively, they played with no pace whatsoever. Yeah, well, and that was the issue. It's like the Suns were not only getting what they wanted on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, they didn't have to slow down the Kings. The Kings were already playing slow. They weren't pushing the pace. They weren't pushing the ball up the floor. It felt sluggish I think is the right word I, th- I think I heard Mark Jones use lethargic and yeah. I was like yes yes that is the which irritates me so much not him using that word yes but them coming out lethargic I'm going no like you've been off since Monday okay yeah. the team you're playing tonight shorthanded I'm not the type of person that's like oh you should win by 20 it should be an easy game look it's a game of rhymes uh, teams compete. There's so much talent in this league. You don't ignore the talent, especially when the other team has someone like Devin Booker on the floor, who's one of the best players in the league. But you're like, I expect you to come out better. Yeah. Just yourself. You can that, control that. You can come out better than this. That was it. And that was, that. that is all. That is all I wanted to see. More, everyone more, a little bit more locked in. And I think one of the main people that didn't come locked in was De'Aaron Fox and that to me was frightening it was frightening for several reasons I was like no like he can't be the one to have a bounce back game like this like this is going to be his response after um, Monday's loss and so many days off and I'm going no his energy really does dictate the rest of the team I cannot stand that like if your leaders do not have what it takes you have to find another way to step up and I think that is what we saw this team do so much last year next man up mentality so then when it wasn't happening early on in this one I was thinking bad things like okay maybe this is more of the team uh that we are going to see this season yeah I I and we'll look at this team in a bit big picture wise after 20 games at 12 and 8 and kind of how we feel about things but sticking with this game specifically kings get off to a slow start from three they started 0 for 7 in this game from downtown they end up being down though after one 20 or 26 24 like they made a bit of a push here Mm -hmm. um so there are some good things that you saw in the close but you're like god the offense just isn't where it needs to be and the second quarter was more the same i thought the difference to me at the second quarter was the final three minutes. 
it seemed like anytime the Kings got the lead, it, it just an avalanche would come from the Phoenix Suns, and it would be caused by poor decisions by the Sacramento oh Kings. Oh, my God. I wrote down the final three minutes because Proceed. it irritated yes. me. Yes. So they did a good job putting Booker in the corner, and he cut, got the ball, got contact from Keegan. It was actually a good play. They are trying to avoid the double team that the Kings were throwing at him, so they put him in the corner. And Booker did a great job staying aggressive. Goes two for two. Okay, whatever. Then the next play, the Kings are walking the ball up. De'Aaron's walking the ball up. And they're getting into their stuff late into the half court. Mm -hmm. And then Sabonis is getting a post up. And I'm like, no one's moving. It's everyone standing around. I'm going, this is not what the Kings want to do at all. I don't think the coaching staff wants this. I don't think the players want it. Like, there has to be a wake up here for them. And it was a missed shot by Sabonis. After that, you had a <laughs> Kings getting beat off the dribble. That was another thing in this game that we could talk about. Like, big-time defensive mistakes were getting beat off the dribble. Uh, Eric Gordon gets penetration. Then it was Nurkic with a second-chance opportunity score. That hurt. And you're like, okay, what is happening here? Um, the next play, Fox had a great push. We took it right to the rim, but there were like three guys around him, and he had a whole bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. On the perimeter, he could have kicked out to. Those were just a few of the mistakes in the final yep. three minutes. You want me to keep going? I, I kind of do. In. I well, well, because I'm the reason why yeah. I'm not hopping in because I don't want to go out of place of yeah. where you're going. But be, from my memory, yeah. what I do recall were a lot of turnovers, especially in this first half, and some unforced turnovers <sighs> and it sloppiness. Felt like that's and that's what I was noticing was like even if it was just like Malik Monk driving it in, trying to pass out, and then it would go straight into a Suns player's arms, you know, and it was just like it seemed like that was happening a few times. Someone going out of bounds, like those little mistakes, those details lead to so many bigger problems. Not only is it just a missed opportunity on that offensive possession usually, but it deflates. And then what does it do on the defensive end too? It forces, you know, it allows the Suns to get in something else that they want to get in. And it seemed like the Suns just were really in control in that first half, and they were capitalizing a lot of the Kings' mistakes. On top of all of those little details, I feel like one of the other ones was second-chance opportunities for the Kings, it felt like in the first half, that they would have possessions where they'd have multiple opportunities like fighting for the rebound putting it back up but just couldn't finish yeah in the first half they had nine offensive rebounds only turned into five second chance okay so they were two of nine on second chance opportunities so you're exactly right and then they capped off that final three minutes i skipped a couple of plays with malik monk late shot clock turning it over and then met to no one picks him up goes straight down in transition receives a pass Dunks at home, all of a sudden it's 59 50 at the half. And the Kings ended up shooting 37% in the first half, six of 24 from three. So it was ugly. And you give up almost 60 points to a Suns team that is missing some key guys. A lot of firepower out there, right? Devin Booker had 18 points at the mm. half, seven of nine shooting. So, Morgan, what the hell happened in the third quarter? What was the difference in the third quarter? Because the Kings came out aggressive in this uh-huh. third quarter. I felt like the defense was a lot better. They weren't getting blown by a lot. Phoenix only scored 12 
points in the third quarter. Sacramento dropped 33 on them in that third. That's what mm. won them the game. Yeah, and I, I felt like the way that they came out in the third, you could see a difference in their body language. And I always go, just trust your eyes what, with what you see, right? Like not only them making the right plays, better decision-making, um, taking care of the basketball, they, they seemed focused, locked in. So whatever was screamed at them in the locker room during the half, it felt like that it actually worked. And the way that they were attacking the basket, pushing the ball, it there was a different tempo, a different pace to it. But on top of that too, and I know we'll get to some individuals, but I thought Sasha Vizenkov, uh did a pretty good job in that first half. Oh my and God. Then it, yes. And then it just yes. continued in that second half. So I think having someone with a little bit more consistent play within their role was so important for this Kings team on a night like this. Yeah, the third quarter was amazing. You know, obviously you hold a team to 12 points. You're doing something right. And and the other thing is Devin Booker did not score in the third quarter. Wow. I think he only took a one shot in the third. And the Kings strategy with him was tough, right? And I think it's dangerous at times. And they got exposed a lot in the first quarter or in the first half with some of those double teams. And I thought in the fourth quarter when the Suns made a little bit of a push with Booker, they really got exposed because Booker went to more of a playmaking role and they got some big-time threes out of those double teams. It was interesting to see some of the adjustments. I thought one adjustment that Sacramento made was instead of doubling with like a big, it was like, no, we're not not throwing some bonus up there to try to trap Booker. We're going to double him with another guard. Smart. And... We're going to make sure to rotate properly. Now, they eventually would get killed on it a little bit later that we'll talk about. But I thought the main thing is, like, Devin Booker is just a stud. We've seen him score 70-plus points in a ball in a game, right? Like, we know what he can do as a player. Yeah. I was shocked that he wasn't more aggressive in the third quarter. Yeah. I thought he... I just felt like he could score at will tonight against the Kings. They really didn't have an answer. In the third quarter, he only takes one shot. In the fourth quarter, he got it going a little bit, but... I thought they did a nice job throwing some good double teams at him and giving him different looks to make him work harder. And maybe and maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was the working harder took a little bit more out yeah. of him because he gave so much in that first half. Even though it's like what you're saying, though. It's like we've seen him have consistent games where he can play all four quarters at just an elite speed, tempo, um, shot-making ability, whatever it is. Like, he is just a great player out there. But, yeah, I think whatever the Kings did throw at him uh, made life a little bit harder for him, and making him work harder alone was something you need to do, especially because it's not like they had a lot of healthy stars on their squad tonight. Now they did have other guys step up in times and, um, and, and also capitalize on some of the Kings defensive mistakes, whether they would stay and drop coverage and wouldn't come up um, on a big or on someone shooting from the outside. But yeah, he- when they started to double Booker and then he would find I don't, I can't even think who the player would be on a little bit of a roll, maybe even a short roll. That yeah. player immediately receives a pass from Booker so quick. And then that player fires it immediately to the corner. Banks, maybe Watanabe, Watanabe hit yep. a three that was big in the corner. He hit a few of them. So yeah. that's kind of what kept them in the game. And I think the Kings was like, our, their mindset was like, we're just going to try to make any, someone else beat us tonight. Yeah. Like, I, we're not going to let Devin Booker take over this game. Let's get the ball out of his hands. Let's get him at least some different looks. And that's the thing. You throw enough of these same looks, these same double teams at him, he's going to adjust. And I felt like he adjusted. If I have a big concern what? about facing this Suns team going forward huh. when they're healthy is like, hey, 
you can't do that when Kevin Durant's on the floor. Uh-uh. So what are you going to do? Who's guarding? Like, you, you have to be able to guard these guys, right? So they were able to be a little more aggressive with the, their double teams because of how shorthanded Phoenix was tonight. Yeah, no, and it's, and it's absolutely fair. And it's like, we can keep talking about like, well, when healthy, what, what would the Kings have looked like tonight? But I think the most important thing is the response that they had after a game against the Pelicans on Monday. And and the response that they had to that first half. You keep talking about the third. I thought they did a much better job on the offensive end. We talked about them being more aggressive, attacking the basket and everything. But I thought they got into that, sor- that horn set uh, a little bit earlier at times and throwing that double at De'Aaron, it was like they needed that on-ball screen. They needed more pick-and-roll action instead of just DHOs and moving yes. without the basketball. And I thought uh, Mike Brown did a good job of just being like, okay, let's go Let's go back to that even a little bit more. I know, I know sometimes this is new for us. I know sometimes we execute this well. And this was one of those games, especially in this half, where they were executing it well. Early in the third quarter, one of the first plays, I believe, was when they doubled Booker and then Bates-Giop ended up finishing a lob. And yeah. the Kings are down 11. Oh. Like, okay, this is trouble time. The Kings respond with a 10-0 run. A couple of the highlights from that run that I wrote down. Ooh. Keegan, late shot clock. He's got the switch with Nurkic on him. I'm like, Nurkic kind of stayed in front of him on the first go around. Then Keegan gave off a little wave of going like, no, 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 I don't need a screen. I'm going ISO. He goes a little behind the back with the dribble, one leg step back mm. and drills a shot, late shot clock. I text you on that one. Disgusting yeah. by Keegan Murray. Yeah, no, it was beautiful. And it's like, sometimes with him, I'm like, you can do this almost every time down the floor. Like if they can't depend on De'Aaron at times, whether he's banged up or he's um, put, you know, has used a lot of his energy or needs someone else to step up. It's like, I don't want the ball to stop a whole bunch, but please Keegan understand what you are capable on the offensive end, putting the ball on the floor and making a move like that. You mentioned the horn set with the two screeners coming up for Fox. The other thing I thought they got into some side pick and roll. They had one where Fox and Sabonis on the left side got it going, and Fox had a nice little fallaway jumper mid-range. I like seeing Fox in the mid-range tonight. He was obviously effective from three. And what I mean, the guy had 11 points entering the fourth quarter. Dude. At the half, De'Aaron had six points at the half on 3 of 11, 0 for 3 from downtown. He finishes with 34 points on 11 to 24, 4 of 7 from 3, and 8 of 10 at the free throw line. De'Aaron Fox did not take a free throw in the first half. He took 10 in the second half, Mm. 8 of 10. And he also had 7 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 turnovers in the game along with the steal. Much better even on the turnovers too. Yeah, and a couple of them were late. There's one you're like when the Suns are making a run, you're like, that's a bad one, but it ended up not costing the Sacramento Kings. But um, to stick with that quarter before we go more to De'Aaron, um, Monk had a beautiful dish to Sasha. That was Which one of the one highlights. Was that? that was in transition. It put the Kings up 77 oh, yes. 69. Another huge sequence was Sasha. Shout out Sasha tonight. The guy had three rebounds tonight. All three were offensive rebounds. He had one, ends up turning into a Keon Ellis three ball. Yep. Shout out Keon Ellis. We got to talk about him too. The Kings end up outscoring them 33-12 in the third. Head into the fourth quarter of 83-71. Booker did not score in the third quarter. And only took one shot. So you did something right there in that third quarter to slow him down, and which obviously slowed down the rest of the team. I mean, that was... 
it's easier said than done, but it's like, look, you can do it. Yes, at least tonight it worked. Well, yes, against an unhealthy <laughs> yeah. Suns team. Yes, yes. Now let's talk about the fourth quarter. There, there is some drama in this quarter. How about Keon Ellis oh, yeah. drawing an offensive foul? It was a weird play because at first you're thinking, oh, did Nurkic run into him and then Ellis just flopped? But it looked like Booker kind of pushed off Ellis, and Ellis sold the shit out of that, by the way. Sold the... I can't believe they even gave him the call. Yeah, stunned. And it was interesting because Keon Ellis is just laying there after, yep. and then Nurkic is standing looking at him. He's, and then, he's saying something. And, and then Keon Ellis starts nodding his head. I'm like, yes, yes. That's what I want to see from you, Keon. Play like a dog out there. And then... Fox comes up, uh-huh. kind of pushes him. Monk says something to Nurk, kind of pushes him. They start doing some John. Lyles comes over. Of course, he's got to come of, over. Of he's on the floor. He's coming over. Yeah. They end up reviewing that play. They call double technicals on, on Monk and Nurk. Yeah. And yeah. And it was a common foul. Uh, so it ended up being King's ball. But it was just Keon Ellis <laughs> making plays happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, he sold the contact, whatever. But hey, it worked. Yep. Turnover, your ball. So that was an interesting point in the game. And I do like the fact that, you know, we've been on this team a little bit in the past about, God, you got to stand up for yourself. Good. You stood up for yourself in the situation. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. It didn't have to get out of hand. It didn't have to um, make the game go in a different direction. It was just making sure that you were not going to get punked out there. And it's like, we've seen Trey Lyles almost, you know, choke someone, almost beat someone up (laughs) in the face or whatever that was that last game. And I'm kind of being dramatic there, but, but it's like with this, it's just great to see that like everyone from your star player to De'Aaron down the line, like has each other's back. So I dug that in the fourth. So, the double teams ended up hurting the Kings, as we mentioned, especially in this fourth quarter. The Suns start chipping away a little bit. They kept getting some corner threes, and that was tough. The Kings were really in some challenging spots defensively when they're doubling. Booker ends up 91-85 after a Devin Booker bu- bucket at 827 to go. So now it's like it's a game now. It's yeah. like a six-point game. I thought the swing play, though, and I wrote it down, swing play question mark in my notes. It's 96-90. Fox shoots a three, misses the shot, but there's a whistle. Nurkic in his landing area. This might be one of the biggest plays of the entire game, I think. You know what? Take away that question mark. Take away that question mark. Thank you. So they review it. They call it a flagrant foul. Mm -hmm. So he gets three shots, and the Kings get the ball. He goes two of three at the free throw line. Damn. But the Kings get the ball, and then Fox hits a three over a Kogi. A tough three. Oh, just a little. Give him a little shake and three. Boom, in his face. Do you that like one more time? I just give him a little. Wait, yeah. Here's my wow. impression. Oh, my he God. Had, he was like, oh. Oh, wow. That would have faked out anybody. Yeah, thanks. It was um, a nice three. So it's a five-point swing right there. Huge. Booker that- comes down and hits a shot, and Fox responds with a shot right away. Oh and the Kings really felt like they had control kind of after that moment. Yeah, that's and that's where I wanted to go to in the fourth. It felt like finally that it was a fourth quarter where even though the game technically in the NBA can be in reach, you know, when it's a 10-point game, 12-point game with a couple minutes left, but it also felt like the Suns 
were starting to give up with two minutes left, you know? And, and there was times where I was like, wow, the Kings are getting so casual. They'd get the second chance opportunity. And then like Monk was dribbling it out and then swung to De'Aaron in the corner. Someone comes running at De'Aaron and he's just like barely pump fakes, takes a dribble, shoots the three, and then just talks shit to somebody in the crowd and runs back. And I'm like, what can we like, can we finish strong please? And that was how they were finishing strong with just so much swagger. Uh, yeah, they had the confidence at the end. I, I dug it for this team. I know it was against, I, we can keep saying that against an unhealthy Suns team, but it didn't matter. The Kings had to find a way to get a win in the NBA on this Friday night. I want to talk about some individuals in a second. Okay. What did you think, though, when Sabonis was driving and Booker a hard foul, very hard foul, yeah. and they go to review it? They call that a flagrant foul. Bullshit. Thank you. Okay. I'm uh, watching that game, and I I'll, I was like, I was like, tip my cap to Devin Booker. Same. You, you, that was a, same. You got Sabonis driving to the basket. Like, you got you to foul this guy. And there's so many times that the, these defenders uh, will offer some soft foul. And these strong bigs. Get an and one situation. Mm. The, the officials go and take a look at it. I'm like, really? Booker wasn't trying to hurt anyone. Now, on that stupid take foul that he had earlier in the game because he wasn't sure. um, actually, he was just trying to, he was frustrated and like fouling Kevin Herter like just to stop so he could complain like whatever like that was dumb but I thought his effort and his foul on Sabonis was a legitimate foul and it should not have been reviewed I agree I, I mean I'm all about protecting the Sacramento Kings but truly you got to let these guys make sure that they're doing the right thing to not allow a team to get an and one and they were saying it was excessive contact because he had grabbed him by the shoulder they I did didn't say the like shoulder I, I know I didn't see it that way. Uh, hey, I, I'm just surprised that they did that to a star player. <laughs> yeah. So, and it, it benefited the Kings, but I'm, I'm again, it's not about the Kings. It's about, I just want to make sure that the NBA is going in the right direction with this stuff when it comes to um, being able to foul, give a guy a hard foul and it be okay. And part of the game, like nobody got hurt. No one was complaining. No one was trying to hurt anybody and no one was complaining. So. Yeah, to me, it just looked like a hard foul, but Agreed. the officials had different looks, and they said he pulled him down. Yep. I didn't necessarily see that that pull down. Uh, a couple of people in the chat, JV says he was pulling Domas's shoulder down. Come on, and Damn. Saul says clearly a flagrant. <laughs> hey, it's, you know we're we're. I appreciate we see you guys. different things again. I, yeah. I guess I was just like play on, let's go. I'm with, it's I'm, a hard foul. Go take your free throws. That's funny. We didn't even talk about this or anything, and so it is interesting that you felt that same way, but. I, I like whenever that happens and it and it benefits the Kings. I'm always just kind of watching the game, like, oh, I didn't see it that way, but I'll yeah. take it. Even yeah. with the Keon Ellis push down, I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, I'll take it. <laughs> so, so that dumb. was that was obviously kind of a, a big moment too in that situation. Yep. Fox makes some free throws. He ends up hitting a three that ended up being the dagger. I thought to make it one twelve ninety eight. He hits a couple more free throws, and then Mike Brown takes out his guys with the 55.7 seconds to go. Kings end up getting the win tonight, 114-106. So there's a like a recap of that game. I don't know why I did it that way this time. Oh. Because I, I had so many notes, but. Well, and because it was such a shit first half, yeah. going to that second half of like actual good basketball, too. 
swing plays because, I mean, we talk about those swing plays because it's not like the Kings just had this one in the bag once they caught up. It was like, no, they had to play some good basketball. And I appreciate the execution of good basketball there toward the end. Yeah, and there's a lot to like about this win tonight for Sacramento. Where do you want to start individually tonight? Um, I say we go Deer and down the line. Deer and Fox, thirty-four points, seven assists, four rebounds. We talked about some of the numbers, but it's the fourth quarter numbers. Though. Yeah, I mean he took over In- Tw- twenty-three points for him. He hit his free throws. He was aggressive, and it wasn't just settling for threes. It was like it was the all-around game. It was yep. attacking. It was playing with force. Shooting with confidence from beyond the arc. It was, yeah, that that confidence at times is so contagious. And when he's like, oh, I got this, it's a we got this type of energy. And you could just feel that all around. Yeah, and I thought it was a good bounce back for him, especially after what happened last game against the Pelicans where I, I thought he wasn't good. You know, it was not only him missing shots, it was the turnovers. Just seemed out of scene completely. I thought this was a bounce back game for him. He took over and that's what star players do. Yep. That's what he does. Yep. And he was awesome in the fourth quarter. And I even mean, when you start off slow, Deuce, it's it's just I I was a little worried at first. I was like, no, is this gonna be like his slump? Is this where he's gonna go? But when you're just that good, you find a way to get out of it. And I just think he has changed uh, the way he looks at the game from a mental standpoint, from a physical standpoint, he he gives that that physical energy on both ends of the floor, just like you're talking about, all the way toward the end till the end of a game, and it's yeah, it's incredible when he has another performance like this. And they were throwing some doubles yes, at him big were. time in that fourth quarter to try to get the ball out of his hands. It was effective a couple of times, mm-hmm. honestly. I thought the Kings. Some of his teammates didn't help him. Yeah. At times where it's like, hey, he's getting trapped right now. He's about to fall to bounds. Where are you guys? You got to find some sort of gap for him so he can get you the ball at least. And I thought that was, so, that caused a little bit of confusion out there. How do you feel about people? Like, even I heard Mark Jones at the end of the call, uh, to, I think at the end of De'Aaron's minutes, you know, talking about like, you know, an MVP candidate right there. And it's so strong. It's so confident when I hear some people around the Kings talk about him being an MVP candidate. And is it just a narrative you think that this this community is trying to start? And by the way, which I have no problem with that because I think so many different fan bases and journalists definitely do that anyway. And he's doing certain things out there to kind of, start being in that conversation. Yeah, Stan Van Gundy mentioned it during the Pelicans game, during mm-hmm. that broadcast yeah. on TNT. Mike Brown talked about it before that game. Yeah. Uh, and then Mark Jones tonight. Yeah, here's how I look at it. It's December. Okay. I personally do not get caught up in, hey, who's the MVP? It's 20 games into the season. Mm-hmm. We're 20 games in. Yep. I mean, I... I was getting a games in. on where, uh, where you are. I, to me, I just look at how he's playing. I go, he's playing very consistent basketball cool. for the most part this year. Like, how many bad games has he really had yeah. this year? I think last game was a bad game for him. He still put up numbers, <laughs> but know. it was still, it, to me, it was a bad game for I him. I know, I know. I think his lows aren't as low as they used to be. And now he's elevated his game where he's scoring 30 points every night. 
This yeah. guy is doing it in a variety of ways. The shooting's been better. I think the one thing I want to see more of Fox is like, hey, don't abandon the mid-range because I think you're really good at that. And I saw that tonight. I thought they did a good job at getting him some mid-range looks and attacking the basket. So if for me personally, the whole MVP talk, it's like, I don't have a problem with people saying it like in the media, like Mark or Mark Jones mm-hmm. or his coach, because all they're trying to do is get the guy a little love. Cool. Right. Okay. And you, you can call it a narrative. Sure. Yeah. They're pushing a Fox narrative a little bit right now, but the guy doesn't honestly get enough love for his yeah. play. Other yeah. players do they this can shit do- and it's like, Oh cool. my God, the biggest story ever. Uh-huh. And Fox, in my opinion, flies under the radar. I don't think people have anything against Fox. My honest opinion about it is, I just don't think people watch Kings games. I think all these NBA people who are, are on the East Coast aren't staying up to watch a Kings game. And if, if it's 7 o'clock, if they're staying up that late, so 10 o'clock their time, they're watching the Lakers. That's they're watching the Suns. Okay. They're watching the Warriors, Warriors. the Clippers. Yep. They're not paying attention to Sacramento. So all they're doing is the boxer. And, oh, the Kings, they want a Fox of 30. They're not seeing what he's doing out there. And you're going, well, why are some other players getting attention? I do think the time zone factor is a real thing. We talked about it for years as sports fans. East Coast bias is a thing. And, and that that is going to impact things. I think the best people who cover this game watch all the time. They watch all the teams. They've got a feel for it. I respect a guy like Zach Lowe. Why? Because he may not stay up, but you know what? For his job, yeah. he's going to wake up the next day and, and he's going to watch it. Yep. And he's going to talk to people. And he has a pulse on things. <laughs> There's some people like that. Not enough people are like I that. I agree. Okay, great. Thank you for such a well thought out answer. I don't know. I mean, what do you think about no, it? No, I I mean, I was, I, I don't have much of an opinion on it. I think it's, I, I, I'm more with you where I'm like, ah, it's early. But then I also go, but then, you know, well, when is it too early to, to, to talk about something? And every year when we're talking about Giannis or Jokic, like, and they're playing well, like you, you, you talk about that narrative right away. And it's like, Jokic has had like two bad games, um, back to back games or something where his shooting numbers were terrible. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing right now tonight. I think against the Rockets, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I, that's, I'm, I'm more curious about, how people feel about when that is pushed out there. I felt like that same thing was pushed out there early on with Malik Monk being uh, a six man of the year candidate last year. Like uh, Mike Brown coming out, sticking out, sticking up for his guy, being like, put him on your, you know, like make sure you're talking about him. And I love it. Here's an example. What? It seems like every year people are celebrating Christmas earlier and earlier. Like it's, really? it's Halloween and like people are taking down like that night, taking down and smashing their pumpkins and putting up like Christmas lights. It's insane. You go to me? Costco in July, there's like Christmas stuff to buy. It's the same thing now when it comes to covering sports in the NBA. Oh. We have to have an MVP conversation after two games. Hey, who's your MVP? I'm like, Dude, it's been a week. The season just started. And so now these conversations just happen earlier and earlier. Like people are going, who do you think makes the all-star team? I'm like, what? Can can I get to January first? Like I'm all about covering and and talking about how players are are performing and trends. But like I'm not getting in some hot, heavy debate about the MVPs when it's December 
eighth. I'm or so whatever. glad that you that you feel that way because you know how I feel about like, yeah. oh, get 20 games in, let me get a pulse on everything. And by the way, half these teams that the Kings are playing right now are not going to look the same three months from now. They're just not going to. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about if health uh, is something that factors in for any of these teams. I'm just talking about the way that teams grow together within three months, the way that teams fall together within three months. Anything can happen to so many of these uh, these players, these teams. And so, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you timeline-wise. Time -wise. As far as De'Aaron individually this year, I saw this crazy stat from uh, Kings Muse putting this out about fourth quarter scoring this year. Tyrese Maxey leads the league in fourth quarter, scoring 161 points. Giannis, 159. De'Aaron's at 152. LeBron at 152. And Scotty Barnes at 151. The difference is De'Aaron's played 14 games. Wow. The others have played 20, oh. 20, 18, and 21. Oh. I mean, okay, his, the, the fourth quarter scoring is outrageous by De'Aaron Fox. And look, if he keeps playing at this level... He's going to be in the conversation. If he's playing at this level and the Kings are winning games, he'll be in it. Like, but I, I'm not going to get caught up in it. I just yep. look out. You know what? He, he was an all NBA player last year. He was an all-star last year. I think if, if he keeps playing like this, there's no disputing. He's one of the top scorers in the NBA. His team is winning and he has a big part of their winning. He's only played 14 games too. And he's doing this. He's been awesome. Well, moving on to the next guy. Sorry. No, that's okay. DeMontis Sabonis, uh, 15 points, 17 rebounds, uh, big game from him. I loved how aggressive he stayed all throughout this. Well, uh, specifically more so in that second half. I, it's hard to say that this team stayed fully aggressive, but I thought he still even had moments in that first half where he was just being that strong guy that we know he can be in the way that he was sticking with it. How many offensive rebounds? Four. In, okay, four offensive rebounds for him tonight of those 17. I just thought he was being so strong down low at times. Um, I think who someone must have told him that conversation around him and his name was that all these big guys were beating him up in the middle. And I think he's been a lot more aggressive since then. Yeah. I thought he had a good night. I thought defensively there were some challenges with him dealing with Booker early on, but you know, I, I think the Kings ask Sabonis to do so much for them defensively that he gets put in some really tough positions. And I think we talk about narratives with, you know, the media sometimes, I think so. I think people look at Sabonis and go, he's a terrible defensive player. And, you know, I even saw our guy KOC put out a highlight uh, last week when Valanchunas was, had him in the paint and scored on him when Sabonis was complaining to the ref. And, like, they were using that as an example of bad defense. I'm like, well, it was just a bad play because Very Sabonis bad. was distracted and not focused and worried about Which the wrong bad. things. Like, that's bad. But if that's going to be your example... Okay, I mean, I could show you some other examples where th there's not many guys who work as hard as he does out there. He's getting banged around a lot. He is their big rebounder. Mm -hmm. He's one of the best rebounders in the league, and he gets a lot of attention. And then defensively, they're trying to have him be aggressive in pick-and-roll coverage, and he's got to rotate. And, oh, by the way, he's got to deal with the fact that the Kings don't always have good perimeter defense, especially at the wing. So he's got to be in a lot of positions where he has to help. He's not super long, so he's not blocking shots. So I, I think he gets a bad rap on I that end. I and do, too. 
overall, I thought he was good tonight. I, I, I think it's interesting when people do talk about him defensively and I go, well, those defensive rebounds alone, you are, you are ultimately ending the possession for the offensive team, for the opponent. You are finishing off the defensive play by grabbing the rebound. Yeah, that Ending matters, it yeah. all. And that's my point, though. Yep. And, like, this is a guy that led the NBA in rebounding last year. And I think sometimes what people look for defensively with guards, you know, it's like the lateral movement, staying with people, all these different things. And then with bigs, it's like, well, are you protecting the rim? And there's so much more to it with a big, like, Domas Sabonis, who is not your traditional big, who is not your traditional shot blocker, but can stay vertical, can contest shots, can be that anchor in the middle that is so important to a team defense. But yeah. Um, and that's the biggest thing for Sacramento. It, it doesn't need to be about Sabonis. It needs to be on Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox to find help. Yep. So the Kings have better defense on the perimeter who they could defend wings. So they're not in a bad position where guys are constantly attacking the rim. Well, it's just like when we were watching uh, Milwaukee and the Pacers the other night and we go, yes, we go, we Great go, example. okay. Great example. Okay. Thank you. We go, okay, well they got Giannis and they got Brooke Lopez in the middle. So like they're a good defensive team, right? Well, they lost Drew Holiday, but they still have that second line of defense, right? Well, it doesn't matter when you have Beasley be pulling out some bullshit defense, not stopping anybody on yeah. the defensive end, staying in front of anybody, because if you don't have that first line even uh, showing any resistance, it's just going to make everyone's life harder when it comes to that second line of defense, whether they're going to have to come up and make sure they're blocking or, you know, contesting a mid-range shot or they're just trying to do two jobs and yes. take on your guy and their guy. The Bucks allowed 70-plus points in the paint last game. They have Giannis, who's won Defensive Player of the Year, and they've got Brooke Lopez, who was a strong candidate last year to win Defensive Player of the Year. There you go. You're putting those guys in bad spots, and it really... Uh, has the defense of the Bucks like taking a massive step yeah. down, and yeah. that's a team that's been near the top defensively over the years. So yeah, yeah, get Sabonis some help. Yep, that's how I look at it. I but, like yeah, it. Good game for him. Um, go ahead. Next guy I want to talk about, Sasha, Sasha, Sasha. You mean the rock and soul player of the game? Oh, I, I did it today. I did it. I know it's so easy. You could have gone to Aaron Fox. He was awesome. Fox had thirty four points. But Sasha Vazenkov, 14 Aww. points, three rebounds. There were three offensive rebounds, by the way. He had three steals. He had two assists. He did on five of seven shooting. Two of three from downtown. Sasha, a rock and soul player of the game. Oh, and by the way, know this. You get 25% off your entire bill. 4.30 to 6.30 before home games. If you show your ticket and say, hey, I heard about Rock and Soul, the Deuce Mo podcast. Mm -hmm. And for all home and away games, 50% oh, yes. off apps and cocktails through the game. So That's go watch the game at Rock and Soul Diner because then you get that. You get that. Yeah, Rock and Soul Diner, just six blocks away from Golden, One Center, 10th, and S. Check them out today. Well, let's talk about Sasha. What did you like about his game? Even when the Kings were playing shitty basketball in that first half, I thought he had some solid moments, and not only on the offensive end. I mean, there's that. Uh, there's one moment where he got 
I think he was throwing a double at book or something. And then book was going to the basket and he just stayed vertical with him. I was like, your hands are straight up from what they were to start this season already to now. I mean, this, this goes to show when you have a high IQ player that is willing to put in the work, they will learn and they will get better. And I love seeing that for Sasha just in that little moment. And then also just being that bright light, um, to be able to knock down some shots in that first half. Active hands. Yep. That's what I love to see, right? You know, people pick on his defense a lot from an individual standpoint, but I've said it since before we got here. Mm-hmm. He's big enough. He's long enough. He's smart enough to be an active team defender. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get deflections. He had three steals tonight in this game. I think he does a good job getting timely rebounds. He goes up there and gets a rebound. Shout out to Keegan for getting a big rebound late too. But yeah, I, I like what I saw from Sasha in this game, and I, I hope this leads to more. He played 20 minutes in this game yeah. tonight, and I think offensively it looks like he's getting more comfortable too. I think for too long, I, and I don't know if this is just him getting comfortable or the offense, I feel like it's too much of him hanging out in the perimeter. Yes, yes. And I'm fine with it because he's a really good shooter. But tonight, it's like, yes, cut, man. He's a let's, really let's get good, him going in some action. Deuce, he's so good at moving without the basketball, too, yeah. though. And not only because he's long, and so if he gets that first step on the backdoor cut, he you can you can if you have a good passer, you can get it to him, sure. But it's also like he understands the timing of being able to move without the basketball. And so, yeah, I really like what he added off the bench tonight. I thought the bench for the Kings um, added some bright spots. The bench was great. They had 42 points off the bench tonight for the Sacramento Mm. Kings. So you had three players in double figures too. We mentioned the 14 from Sasha. I think he earned more minutes. He earned a legit role coming off the Kings bench going forward. I'm going to give the love next now to another guy on the off the bench. Which one? Keon Ellis. Oh, you know, it's funny. I was like, is he going to go Monk or Ellis? And I'm glad you're going Keon. I'm going Keon because Monk does what he does. Monk's been one it. of the steady players on the Kings this year. This is what I expect from Malik Monk. I'm not trying to take it for granted, but let's focus on Keon Ellis for a second, who's on a two-way contract with the Sacramento Kings. Played a lot last year in Stockton. And he came in tonight and had an impact. And he shook off kind of a slow start. Yeah. A couple bad turnovers, I yeah. feel like. But I thought he was so active for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. I mean, already you know what he's going to provide defensively, just being active. Great the hands. Effort is going to be there. Great hands because he has that length and another just smart player that understands where he needs to be with his body. But then on the offensive end, when you can have him provide two for four from beyond the arc, it's like that is what you want to see from your backup. That is like the perfect amount of backup point guard situation that you want to see, especially from a two-way guy. Um, You know, you hope that can build into more and more and that with these opportunities, he can keep growing off of it and uh, give De'Aaron Fox... Uh, as you know when i say less minutes i mean more rest right yeah and i think with the way they've been playing him too you know i don't think they're completely comfortable with him like hey you're the backup point guard um you know he is more of a combo guard at this point in time right and that's why when he's out there he's with malik monk Mm -hmm. right or he's out there briefly with De'Aaron fox at times but i yeah i thought 
him just knocking down some shots too, like being confident, hitting the three, even hitting a couple of mid range shots. Well, I think he had 10 points. Oh yeah. The mid range. Yeah. He did. I think he had a pump fake go a uh, little midi, but then there's one three pointer where I think it was him and Malik Monk right next to each other. And it's like, he could have passed it to him, but instead he took it. And you see them talking about after like, you know, great. Like, I think it was Monk probably just saying like, great decision. Like, that's what I wanted to see or something. Yeah. It just, feel like those two that combo like you're saying together too there's encouragement there's understanding there there's playmaking um yeah just smart basketball players coming off the bench it's big for Keon Ellis and he's getting better and better I like his size he's long active defender he talks too yep oh he he talks when he's on the ground he talks he talks when he's on defense plays with an edge I see you bringing up the post-it notes like did you already have okay okay just get it ready for later okay I didn't know if you're going somewhere with that but um but yeah so him then Malik Monk that uh we obviously mentioned of course he didn't play 30 minutes he only played 28 minutes because he cannot play 30 minutes or everything's going to explode He's turned into one of my favorite players. Yes. 13 points for him coming off the bench. He also had six assists. Hits big shots. Always confident. Big shots. Big shot. I mean, how do you... I feel like that energy there in Phoenix, that energy from one of his big threes is felt all the way to Sacramento. That is so corny, and I don't give a shit. Because, like, truly, I get that excited when he knocks them down. My brother just loves Malik Monk so much. He just got his uh, uh, signature jersey. Is that the one with the checkers, the gradient and all that? The purple and black? Whatever. I don't even know which one it is. He got a Monk jersey, okay? And he like warships this jersey one but two i can tell he loves malik monk so much because of the joy that he plays with because of the joy that he brings to this entire team and when the moment he does check in everyone gets excited for him because you know he's going to provide something he was really good again tonight and he's done it all year for the kings um i i don't know where this team would be without him I it's I don't even I don't even want to think about it. I really don't want to think about it. One other guy we should talk about. Yeah. In the starting lineup. Okay, that's where I was going. Harrison Barnes. Yep. Harrison Barnes has been talked about a lot recently. A lot last game. Like people were pinning the loss on him. Oh my God. <laughs> um Harrison tonight could not have started worse. Yep. I mean, I <laughs> one of the first plays of the game, it was just an awful late closeout. And it was ironic because we were just at practice yesterday over Mike Brown's talking to us about proper closeout technique. And I'm like, well, I can tell you to start the game, if this was the focus, Harrison mm-hmm. Barnes did not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he just got off to a really rough start. I mean, he it looked sloppy out there, yep. falling on the ground at one point. I'm going... What is happening? Yeah. I was wondering if they're going to put him back in at the end of the uh, second quarter. They end up going back with him in the second quarter. At the half, he had five points and one rebound. And I was pretty down on him. Um, he responded much better in the second half. I give him credit. Like, he ends up finishing with eight rebounds and four of them were offensive rebounds. It wasn't a sec- sexy game. He had nine points, just three of 11 shooting. You know, it, it's obviously a spot. Like, I, I feel like we're just broken records talking about Harrison Barnes all the time, but I was happy to see him have a much better second half for the yes. Kings. Yes, because I, I feel like sometimes people want his role to be more, but when I see his role finish out a game like this in a win and it's like this, 
And then you see other guys on this squad. It, there's a little bit more even scoring, especially when people are coming off the bench and everything. It's like, okay, I can live with that. I can absolutely live with that. And as long as he's rebounding and crashing the boards, great. That's the type of, that's, I mean, you want him out there. Obviously, Mike Brown wants him out there because of his veteran leadership and what uh, strength he can add. But you're exactly right. When he starts off the game like that, especially after all the conversations around this man, it is so tough to see but i'm glad he bounced back as well yeah he was much better in the second half um kevin herter only played 16 minutes in this game i thought he had a really rough night defensively too um just not good with his on-ball defense and i think it got to a point where mike's like all right we're gonna go somewhere else and yep. they just went with other options and i think mike feels really much more comfortable with that at the two guard spot where he's like look if you're not gonna give me what I want consistently defensively. If we're going to have these problems where we're getting broken down with dribble penetration, I'm going to go try to get some s someone else in there that's going to get me a stop. Yeah. You know, and that that's the reality with this team, especially as they're currently constructed. And I think Kevin Herter has done a better job this season since the beginning. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, Preseason, obviously, when it was like Mike Brown was going, hey, uh, you know, Chris Duarte and Colby Jones are are making me think twice about what I might need to do. And I think that lit a little fire under Kevin Herter's ass. And I think he now has that starting role. But night in, night out, you know there's going to be many more of these nights where it's like, hey, you're not giving me what, what I need. And then there's other nights he just goes off and he's the one that's playing all the way until the end of the game. So I know obviously he wants to be out there the whole game, but he's just going to have to make sure that he's providing so much more on the defensive end, not getting beat and not allowing those little details on the defensive end. Um, take him out of the game. Well, speaking of defense, who is the deep tonight? The deep crown goes to Keon Ellis hey. for the second time this year. Shout out Sharif jewelers, by the way. Dude, oh they made that God. crown. It looks even, I feel like they've added more to it. Looks awesome. Speaking of Sharif Jewelers, of course, oh. our podcast presented by our friends over at Sharif Jewelers. They bring you the moment of the game. Morgan, do you have a moment of tonight's game? And do you have a pin so I can write it down too? Oh, do you um, have a pin on you? No. Do, do I need How do you not have a pin on there's you? There's a pen. Get a pen behind you. Do I have a moment of the game? My, I, I think my moment personally is when De'Aaron Fox casually got the ball back in the corner at the end of the game and like pump fake someone by him he like throws up a three and then talks shit to a fan that was my moment Keon Ellis John at Nurk after falling on the ground that's, that's a, good a good moment that's a good moment because well where that moment could more speak to like the identity of this game is because it's like not getting punked key on having um, a nice game building his role with his opportunities. Well, I think Fox is 23 points in the fourth quarter <laughs> yeah. has to be acknowledged, right? Fox, you, yeah, that can be acknowledged. 23 too. points in the fourth. And I'll also put on uh, the key on Ellis moment. Love it. Ellis wow. jawing. At Nurk. I'm so glad you're going to be reading these. because yeah, yeah, this one is a little sloppy, I must say. There you go. Goes into our <laughs> moment jar for one of our moments after every single Kings game. Uh, by the way, Sharif Jewelers, Ugh, you know the best. I learned something this week. What'd you learn? You know December is a most 
popular month of the year for engagements. Oh. So if you are in that, uh, you're in that phase of your life, you're like, I'm thinking about popping the question. Well, there's still time to go to the Shreve Jewelers, go to one of their locations. It's a local business that has been based in Sacramento. They're iconic. Kings fans. It is iconic. And you go to a, a Sharif Jewelers location, someone from the family will be at that location. Also, and let me say this, that prices vary, all right? So if you're like, oh my gosh, can I even afford an engagement ring? Can I afford a gift for Christmas? I'm Go look. You will be surprised. I know even my mom is getting, like she has like a silver band on her wedding ring and she's like, I want gold. I want to do something different. And she was so surprised with how easy the process is to just change even that band to gold. So they do so many different things. Make sure you go check out Sharif Jewelers. Well, John has a question. Will you marry me night chat? (gasps) Oh, night chat? A night chat? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Night chat is really into multiple relationships. (laughs) Yeah, night chat likes a lot of partners. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, like I think, wait, is that polyamorism? Yes, night chat is into poly. (laughs) Night chat's about poly. I'm just being honest with you, John. It's They're dedicated to multiple relationships. Night chat can hang out with you. Yeah. Night chat can hang out, but they're going to hang out with a lot of other people too. We can all be cool though. Yeah, no, it's, it's all one big marriage committed relationship with multiple uh, people i love the chat hey <laughs> by the way if you have not yet appreciate you for hitting the uh, thumbs up make sure you're subscribed we're over fourteen thousand subs trying to get to twenty thousand by the end of the season uh, you're that. Uh, uh, dude we could we honestly could, with yes we can yeah and also uh, a couple other things we need to acknowledge uh, shout out to our friends who are at northwest exteriors if you're thinking oh. about some home improvement projects coming up in the new year and you're going, I need new windows. Well, there's one place to go. One. one place only. How about a place full of Kings fans based oh. in Sacramento, Northwest exteriors. Windows are so important, right? You can save money, one, because your energy bill will go down, 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 down once you get Facts. new windows. And your house is just going to look better. Plus, they don't subcontract some other company in like SoCal. It's all based in Sacramento. So please check out Northwest Exteriors. They're the best. They're simply the best. Simply the best. Trust Northwest. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <sighs> love it. Just love it. Morgan Reagan. Yeah. We didn't, one person we did not talk about yet. Who? Keegan. Who? Murray. Keegan Murray back tonight. So it's interesting, his week, right? What about his week? Well, Monday, the last time we saw him. <clears throat> yeah. Looked like he hurt his back again. Oh, yeah. Contesting that Brandon Ingram shot in the second quarter. Then he comes back in the third quarter, ends up playing. Like, oh, okay. So he's playing. Then he did not practice for the Sacramento Kings on uh, Wednesday. Uh-huh. Yep. He did practice on Thursday, a full participant. He wasn't even on the injury report heading into tonight's game. So I'm like, all right, how's he going to look? It didn't look like the back was much of an issue. I thought he got off to a nice start, had a nice baseline jam. But he is struggling this year from three. The good thing is he's still launching them. His first two games back, he was 6 of 13 from uh-huh. 3. But tonight, he was 1 of 7 from downtown. Where are you at with that aspect of his game first? I, ca- I can't tell you what it is. Like, I think it's one of those things sometimes that we, as people that look at stats from year to year, overthink. And, I, I mean, sometimes shooters are just going to shoot like shit, right? I mean, that that is, you have bad days. And sometimes you have bad stretches or you have bad seasons. I don't think he's going to have a full bad season of three-point shooting. But what I will say is that at least he is contributing so many other things, and he's finally finding a way to not allow it to dictate his entire game. That is very important. And I think sometimes his shot selection from three is not awful. Like, for the most part. He's getting some good looks. That's what I'm saying. He finished this game with 13 points. He had four rebounds, six of 13 shooting overall, one of seven from three on the season. Now he's below 30% from downtown, 29.8% from three. A guy who shot 40% from three last year and made over 200 threes in a season. And how many games has he missed now this year? I just want to look at his overall games. So he's played in 16 games, 16 of the 20 games for the Sacramento Kings if that math is correct. Yeah, 16 of the 22. Excuse me, 16 of the 20. I mean, I think a couple of things. One, the the back thing you just hope is okay, right? Because back it's issues can linger. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only person who has dealt with this that's listening right yeah. now. But I tweaked my back like two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think I did, it, I did it working out. And it was the first time in my life I've ever had a back thing. I remember getting out, trying to get out of bed the next day, and I bar- I could barely walk. In my head, I was like, I'm I'm done. I'm never going to get back out of this. I'm 
I'm not going to be able to walk ever again. And then like two weeks later, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm feeling better. You know, it's, it, it, those things linger and it's a scary thing. Well, and not only that, I remember when I was playing Juco ball that my, when my back started hurting at one point, whatever, you know, you just, you get banged up during the season. It wasn't like I tweaked it or strained it or anything, but then I went to a chiropractor and they're like, yo, your hips are out of place. Like one was on. Unli- and I remember I was shooting like shit too. Yeah, and your hips don't lie. And your, you know? hip, and your hips don't lie. Cause you haven't done that joke a million times. Anytime anyone brings up a hip, but, but I remember I was not shooting well at the point at that time. And he adjusted my hips. And I remember my shot felt a little bit different. I don't know if it just aligned my body better or whatever it is, but it's like, you do have to be so in tune with your body. And these NBA players have all the resources in the world to have the right people around them, to be helping them when they're banged up or to be telling them like when things are off and everything. So that is a good point that you bring up with his back and the strain. And we see how long it has been lingering. I mean, we saw him shoot through what the broken thumb, um, last year. It did that, did that even come into this year a little bit? I think it was yeah. sore in the beginning of the yeah, year or I something. Think it might have been the other hand though. And it might've been the other hand. Sure. But I mean, yeah, either way though. Um, but yeah, maybe the back is lingering a little bit, whatever it is though. It's like, I hope it can just, he can figure yeah. it out. And like I said, he just had the two games before than that. He was six of 13 from three. So yeah, I think what you said is dead on. Like when you look at his season overall through 20 games, you're going, man, I just expected a little more offense from mm-hmm. him. Right. Going into year two. I think the super encouraging thing to me and why I'm just not down. I trust that his shot's going to come back. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. I go, yeah, look, I saw pretty. the sample size last year. It's a good shot. He's, he's doing the right things. I don't feel like he's forcing it. I think that's going to come back up. You know, I, if I were to bet on that, I'm going, I'm betting on it coming back. I feel that I am beyond encouraged with the defense. And I thought tonight he had some, you know, mistakes trying to defend Devin Booker. But I think for the most part, like Mike Brown's asked him to guard like the best guys out there every single night. And he's battling. I thought he played some excellent defense against Brandon Ingram in the first half on Monday night against the Pelicans. And then once he left the game, yeah, Ingram started to heat up. And then Ingram got really going in that second half. And, you know, he clearly was banged up, uh, Keegan Murray. But I think he's taken such great strides defensively. I think offensively he's doing more. He's getting different looks where last year was like and catch and shoot three. adding more to yeah, his so I, I don't know. Game. Is he worn down a little bit with all the stuff he's adding this year where last year he wasn't guarding the best player. Maybe they were targeting him mm-hmm. on that end, but he wasn't guarding the best guy. He was coming off dribble handoffs. He was just shooting threes for the most part. There wasn't much of an in-between game. There wasn't a ton of attacking. So I think the next challenge for him is to keep fighting through those tough moments when your shot's not falling. Look to attack the basket with authority he had one nice baseline jam tonight he also had one where he was attacking baseline again Nurkic came over to contest he did a great job trying to go up and under he missed the shot but I want those are the plays I want to see more from Keegan Murray especially when the shot's not falling and you know I I just would be shocked if he kept shooting this poorly from three yeah I'm with you so I Mm. mean Something to monitor, something to keep looking at. And I'd be I'd be curious if we ever have time to go back and look at um, his shots, just like a, a sample size of like two or three games of his shooting, of his three-pointers last year, like in games, right? And then look at 
a sample size two, three games this year of some of his three pointers and see if anything has changed with the way that he goes into his shot or his form. I, I don't think there is like, I think it's exactly what you said. There's a lot more, um, uh, spot up shooting last year compared to this year. There's so much more movement. And so like just finding a way to get better and better, of what it is that you feel comfortable with your footwork going into that shot. Do you want to come right left when you're coming, you know, when you're curling off a screen and try, is that the best way to square up your body and your shoulders to the basket? So whatever that is, like, hopefully he can just keep tweaking. Well, let's keep talking about the Kings after 20 games. All right. 20 games is a nice sample size. Deer and Fox has missed time. We're at 20 games. We are at 20 games. Oh my God. This is always where I, ugh. Okay. What do you think you know about this team after 20 games of an NBA season? Fox, of course, missed some time. Keegan's missed time. Trey Lyles. They, you know, they've dealt with more injuries. Alex Len. They have definitely dealt with more injuries than they did last year. And they are a game of ahead of where they were at this time last year. They were 12 and 8 after 20 games. What do you think about this team? Like, what's your what are the thoughts that pop into your mind as this team is now 12th in offensive rating this year? And the defensive rating is at 20th. Um, I am more so this year at this time at 20 games going, they need help slash changes than I ever, ever, you know me, I never say that. But I think because my expectations have completely changed and we have a big enough sample size of what this team looks like together as is, that it's like, sure, a lot of this team can still grow together and still get better together. But I think what we're seeing in the West is that there's some pretty damn good teams, especially when healthy. We saw the Pelicans um, fully healthy with their with all their guys. And it was crazy. Then we saw them fully hung over against the Lakers. It was wild. Oh, Great crazy. bit. Thank you. Um, but no, you're, I mean, and then, then you're seeing the Suns tonight, you know, not a healthy Suns team, but... It was still tough, and you know it's just going to be tougher when they are fully healthy. So I think with this Kings team, I go, okay, um, I'm ready. I, I hope that there's things going on behind the scenes to make the proper tweaks to really yeah. get to that next level, even if the next level is second round of playoffs. Like, for me, that is the next step. It's not just making the playoffs. It's second round of playoffs where their mind is getting to the damn championship. Yeah, and I, I think that's, it's pretty simple. It's the same thing that you kind of saw last year. I think the difference is some of these issues may have been covered up during a regular season because of how they were playing offensively. Mm -hmm. They're getting up and down the floor. They're giving up a lot of points, but man, did they push the pace constantly, score all the time. The shooting was outrageous. And now it's like, oh, the offense is kind of off to a slow start. The defense is improve sometimes but then it takes some serious steps to back down and plus the expectations are just higher yep. right i think we go into this going no you, you got to be better this year what how is the offense not even better than it was last year i think after 20 games for me i, I i'm most disappointed by the offensive consistency I, I don't think they have committed as a team to push enough you know i think there are too many times that they don't and I understand it can be taxing, and I understand that there's more of a focus on all right, we got to guard a little bit, we got to run some different stuff offensively. But playing with pace doesn't just mean fast breaks like crazy, it means getting into your early offense. I, I feel like they're thinking more this year instead of just playing. Yeah. Yep. 
And it's like they want to run through an entire set and and they want to run like if they have a set and they're running an action off it, they you're always seeing like three different actions and it's like, they're thinking about each one. Like, okay, well, you know, usually this leads to this back door. Okay. This leads to this curl and this leads to this, um, DHO. So we got to get through to it because that wasn't going to be the best shot. And Mike Brown says, you know, take the best shot. You can't take the first shot, take the best shot. Like that's where we're getting. And I appreciate that. But when is it going to come more smooth? to them, right? Like where they're not thinking about it and they're going, they're like, they're going through the motions with a purpose every time. I don't know. I, I think that that will come as well with more time together. I also think it's going to help when they knock down some shots consistently. Yep. You know, I think Keegan knocking down some shots, Herter knocking down some shots and Herter's done a much better job tonight. Not a great example, but he's I feel like come out of the slump. De'Aaron's shooting has been better. I think after 20 games, I'm most excited about what De'Aaron's been able to oh do. I mean, God. the guy's been unbelievable. I think at 12 and 8 after 20 games, I'm going, I don't love how they're playing all the time. I don't think they have put consistent stretches no. even throughout games. We're like, can you just have a complete game? And I, uh, what what's a complete game? Uh, obviously, playing a perfect 48 minutes is really challenging in this league. But more consistency than we're seeing tonight, which is like a slow start again. You have mm -hmm. to dig yourself out of a hole. Or you get off to a hot start, and then you play 10 bad minutes of basketball. You allow a team to go on like a 23-4 to four run. Like I just want to see a little more consistent stretches of really good basketball on both ends. And, yeah. I, and that's where they need to go. But I'm going, dude, they're 12-8 and eight after 20 games. If you would have told me. After 20 games, they'd be 12 and 8, and De'Aaron would miss significant time. And they're not playing their best basketball. Keegan's in missed time, not playing their best. Like, I go, you know what? I'll take it right now. It's a long season, and you hope that some of the work and things they're trying to do offensively really starts to come together, and guys start knocking down shots, and they, they can start taking off offensively. Hope to see it. So. Hope to see it. What are you thinking right now? I, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of there. I, I don't know. You dropped hope to see it twice. So I didn't know. Hope to see it. There's hope a, to see it. there's a part of me that, that is a little worried. Like that's why my thing was, Hey, I'm seeing help is needed. Tweaks are needed because I'm going, you know, when it's like someone shows you who they are, believe them. Mm. I'm starting to believe like. This is who they are. The inconsistency is more who they are this season. I still think they have, they will grow and be better and find their consistency, but it's taking more time. Like they're not relying on their, their pace and all these other things. And I love that because they are trying to become a better all around basketball team. That's what Mike Brown is doing is just challenging them to be better at a lot of things and not just be great at one thing. And we saw being great at one thing could lead to a postseason, but he's not trying to get to a postseason. He's trying to do more than just get to a postseason. So that's why it's like, this is, this is why it's fine if we are looking like this right now. So I believe that they are going to get better, but I also believe that they need some of those other pieces to get better. I don't know. Yeah. I completely agree I with you. For them, not, to, no, no, Morgan, this, this is, yes, 
they need more size. They need more toughness. They need some wing, a wing defender. They need another guy that can go out there and get you a bucket. I, I believe in all those things. And I think the biggest challenge that McNair is going to have is, okay, how, how do you make this move? Are you, are you taking a monster swing? Yeah. And yeah. what's that look like? Because right. some of these names that we all talk about, like OG or, or Siakam or, I mean, even Mikel Bridges is one that, you know, I, I brought up earlier today. But I'm like, yeah, but if, you, if you're trying to get Bridges, you're, you're give, Keegan's going, and right? Deuce, like, but, but here's the thing. Sometimes a monster swing, it, like this is what I love about this front office, is that they have smart basketball people in this front office that under the radar swings that don't excite people, sometimes they know more about a player that is in a bad situation sure. that could add more in a new situation under a Mike Brown system, right? Like that's, I, I believe that this front office knows some of those players and it's going to go in that direction if it's not a big swing. And the reason why too, though, I always go like, I get weirded out by being like, oh, it's going to come down to tweaks and changes because I think that's such at times so many people in that cover teams will throw it's a that cop out. It's such yeah. a cop out. It's like, oh, well, no shit. Changing things and, and anything in life, it's like the easy way out. It's like, oh, well, let's just make change, make tweaks. That will always make things better. How about you work with what you got sometimes, but also like believing in what you are building off of. And I believe the challenges that Mike Brown is throwing at this team with this new philosophy and system of trying to be great at multiple things is the right way to go. But I'm also seeing all the other teams in this Western conference and going more and more. So like, ah, they're in sure. who they're not playing to like not playing Davion Mitchell, which uh, I, I understand. I understand like that is the direct direction they want to go. But we saw this with Rashawn Holmes last year. It's like, if you aren't going to utilize a player, like not only do you want to see them like be set free, but you also want to see, guys being used the right way too. I don't know. Yeah. And that's going to be the challenge is, all right, how, how do you improve this team? Because for me, I, I want to, and this is where I'm a coward. I'd be a coward GM. I'm going, <laughs> well, I won't keep in Fox and Sabonis. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to keep Keegan. Yeah. I want to keep monk. Mm -hmm. Like I want to keep those guys. So together. you're just going to have to give it, but to like, people. how are you going to, how are you going to get, a piece that can take you and elevate you to another level. What's that level? Is that goal to like, all right, we want to be pushed into winning a series or two, or we want to be pushed into contention. Like, well, you're going to have to make some really tough decisions. I do think this front office has shown a lot of patience, mm -hmm. especially last year. I think they were like, look, we, we are better than anyone thought last year we can keep this together we don't have to take the swing now yeah. we don't have to take the swing now because we're in a good spot as a team and in addition to that the west is a little flawed anyway let's just see how this one plays out i think this year there's probably going to be some internal pressure i mean we know they want to win yeah but there's got to be some internal pressure on there go okay we got it. We have to do something. I mean, you think about all, there's always going to be internal pressure and, in but even aspect. more so now, okay, I think, yeah. I think because it's like, all right, you're looking at the rest of the West. Like you said, yeah. where the, this team is at, where they have dipped this year in mm -hmm. some areas where they were really good last year. Right. And then honestly, I do think the subplot of like you, what Halliburton's doing. Yeah. Right. And the attention he's receiving 
it plays a role in all of this. Which is so dumb. And it's like those, those do not let it play a role. Do not let fear play a role because then, I mean, and they know this, but it's like, that is when you, you make irrational decisions. Right. And it's like, some- well, that's why I'm saying this front office hasn't done that, which I appreciate. And they don't yes. just make a move to make a move. You yes. know, you have to, to please someone to please a crowd. No, 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 no. Like I'm, I'm down for the slow ride and the slow ride, as long as there's growth in the slow ride in internal growth, like I am down for that, especially because there's so many likable people and there's a fun style of basketball that is being played. Um, but there will come a point where it's like, okay, this isn't, I mean, you think about a team like this isn't, it's not apples for apples. So don't think I'm comparing completely, but like you think about a team like OKC, how many years were you gonna, were people being like, okay, how long does Sam Presti get before like, you know, not playing SGA and just growing with the young guys isn't gonna be the direction that they want to go. We are even seeing this year, it's like it's not going to be the year, but they still have their eye on the prize for what their future holds with growing these pieces together. So yeah. Well, the Kings' next game is against the Brooklyn Nets coming up on Monday, and that's a team that just pops into my mind going, God, they got a lot of, like, wings. Like, what are they doing? They're kind of hovering around 500 right now. They've won a few in a row. Mikel Bridges is super talented. Um, I- I'm interested to see how they look in person. Ben Simmons out, which I was gonna I'm say, just he's so bummed even... about for him, just having the health issues again. And you just go, I don't know what to say about it. Like, It is what it is. He's banged up. He's had some bad injury luck now, um, so he's still out. But, yeah, I, I just look at teams like the Nets. I look at uh, the Blazers and go, Jeremy Grant. You know, I thought he got paid a lot of money, and now I'm starting to look at that and going, I don't know, he's 29 years old. He still has four years left on that deal after this year, and you go, but he could defend multiple positions. <laughs> he's got size, right? He can get a bucket if you need it. You know, or do you, do you go a different route? The Bulls continue to get brought up. You know, are you looking at someone like DeRozan, Caruso, you know, Patrick, Patrick Williams? Is that a guy that's super under the radar? That wouldn't be a sexy move by Mm-mm. any means, but you go, well, it didn't work out there. A lottery pick who's shown these flashes where he may have something He's at young, six, seven shoot, long wingspan, yep. big hands. Like, I don't know. Do you take a swing at something like that? You know? I'm fascinated by how it's going to unfold the next couple of months. I think Same. the Kings are still a good team, but there's another level that they can go to with a move. I agree with you. And I agree with that. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And you know what we're doing next? What? We're going to Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. So, yeah, we are flying out Saturday morning, 6.55, landing in Vegas around 8.20. We're going to go to the... NBA Cup game. The first ever in-season tournament championship game, Lakers and Pacers in Vegas. Yeah. Just Had the day off, and we're like, you know. Let's go cover it. This is the first thing. Like, <laughs> let's, go, let's go do some content out there. Let's yeah. go have some fun. We want to experience it, so we're going out there for that. It should be fun. Yeah, 24 hours in Vegas, um, but that's my favorite. It's like, I don't like Vegas, but I love basketball in Vegas. That is my favorite thing. I've grown to like Vegas more and more. Oh, I don't gamble. I'm not into that. Yeah. But like summer league vibes. That's are but see that's basketball. Like that's but yeah. It's, but it's also at night though. At for, night hanging for out with sure. People. But it's due to basketball and basketball relationships that makes it so fun. The thing I like about Vegas is that 
I could see up till 4 a.m. No problem. Which is so weird. Well, no, it's because they pump oxygen yeah, exactly. in all the buildings. You're like, well, it's, it's 4 a.m. You're just having good conversations. I, I'm, yeah. I love it. No, I love it. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Hopefully we get a good game. Um, but either way, I think for us too, like we've mentioned all you guys too, we'll be posting stuff. We'll be making sure to, um, be putting a lot of stuff out there. So make sure you're following us on everything, digital, YouTube, all of it. Uh, Morgan, if we did a post podcast press conference, what, what would you ask me tonight? Just Post podcast. Yeah, yeah, press- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Deuce Mason, I'm, I'm sitting at the podium I, right I now. assume, Deuce, how do you feel you perform tonight? <sighs> you know, I felt like tonight I was a little sloppy. I, um, I don't feel like there was a lot of humor on the podcast tonight. I thought it was a little too straight. I thought it was a little too basketball heavy for us, you know? I thought the one Pauly joke we had during the read was funny. I mean, really great bit when someone asked about Night Jet. But ultimately, I was, I don't know, for a Friday night podcast, maybe we're thinking too much about the flight to Vegas tomorrow and getting up really early that's in the back of our head. I just felt like I didn't play a great game tonight. And, you know, I'll bounce back coming up on Monday. Oh, coach is coming. Oh, co- I'm here. Coach is here. You got You're any questions bro? for coach post game? Uh, post pod. Yeah. Hey, it's me, uh, Deuce Mason. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know why I talk like an old reporter here, huh? Proceed. Hey, uh, how do you feel that uh, Deuce did tonight? Uh, what do you think of his game? Well, you know, I personally think that the way that these two broke down the game, you could just tell that there's so much joy with the way that they're breaking it down. And, you know, sometimes they're going to bring the jokes and the laughter, and sometimes they're going to really just bring the breakdowns. And I think tonight they really want to talk about the game after a terrible loss by the Sacramento Kings on Monday night. And they had so many things to talk about when it came to what was going on on the floor. Hey, one more follow-up. Nope. Excuse me. Sorry. Security. <laughs> I just had a question, eh? What's your question? What, when, Dickhead, what? When are you going to hold that deuce guy uh, accountable for uh, sloppiness on the podcast? You know, you don't need to talk about uh, my players like that. I, I personally hold them accountable behind the scenes. And um, I think it's important that these conversations are held in the locker room and not in front of all you stupid ass reporters. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Coward. Uh, shout out to Kenneth who uh, became a member 18 months in a row saying great pod aw. as usual. Have a great trip. Appreciate Thanks, that. Kenneth. And of course, like, you know, sometimes Deuce needs some affirmation. It wasn't even sometimes, <laughs> but oh this my was God. not the case. I was just being honest. I was like, I was thinking about, yeah, we're at the end of this and you know, you I over- feel like th- I had fun tonight. You're like the Kings on offense right now. Like this whole season of podcast, every, even after that last podcast, <laughs> that, like we had some friends over after and it was like, it was like uh, after the podcast, Deuce was like so angry. And then he like goes to post it and he's like, oh, Morgan, it was actually better than I thought. And it's like, what, yeah, what are you even saying? Like I already knew, like we know when we have a bad pod, but when you have a different pod, if you get the win, you get the win. You know what I mean? Like if you if you put <sighs> your love, your energy into it, and then like also all these people joining us on a Friday night, you guys are dope as hell. Thank you. It's like, what what else do you need? What else do you need? Yeah. You know, sometimes you're right. I just got to get out of my own head I'm sometimes. I'm always right. Like, what are we even saying? Imagine if you're a Pistons fan. <laughs> okay. What? What? What did you see? Oh, shit. How no. would you handle a night chat tonight? Okay. Uh, the Pistons <laughs> lose tonight 123 to 91 to the Magic. Uh, Detroit, Morgan, if I'm not mistaken, let, let me just double check here. I just want to see how they started the season just for fun. Okay. 
I'd love to know how we would handle a night chat like this. Detroit started the season two and one. Um, Morgan, they're two and 20. The Detroit Pistons started the season two and one with wins over the Bulls and the Hornets and a loss to Miami. They have not won a game since October 28th. They are now two and 20 on the year. They have lost 19 in a row. 19 in a row. What? You don't know. The longest, the longest losing streak. I remember we looked up the longest winning streak not too long ago. Was it the Sixers? Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, the Sixers, they lost 28 games in a row from the end of the 2015-16 season through the start of 2016-17. Okay. Okay, so so that was it within two seasons. So this is 19 right now. Yeah. Whoa. Welcome into uh, Night Chat. The the Pistons lose again, 123-91. Morgan, uh, I can't even put myself in their shoes, honestly. Hey, Jaden Ivey got some minutes tonight. He got 21 minutes off the bench. He finished with eight points. I know he's 0 for 4 from three-point land, but man. No, we would not. We'd be like, when is it? No, I think at this point in a Pistons podcast, you're laughing coming on. You're going, well. uh." When do you think they're going to win again, huh? Dude. Uh, the Pistons schedule coming up. Monday, they play the Pacers. <laughs> then they've got two in a row against the Sixers. Then they go, by the way, it's at Philly, at Milwaukee, at Atlanta. Then a big matchup, December 21st against Utah. When are they winning a game again? And I know they'll this is, win. They'll win. And one of these one of these teams will come in. It will be that trap. When's game. their next win? When's their next projected win? I mean, look, look, they even have that back to back against Philly up there. And it's like, is Philly going to be one of those games to be like a little lazy? Are they going to be like, oh, it's we're not cool. taking you mean back to back. It's not a back to back. You know what I mean? Games. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what sucks for them? They go at Philly at Milwaukee on a back to back. Oh, my God. On a literal back to back. Okay. Wow. Well, look at Brooklyn. You have those games on the 23rd and 25th? 26th. 26th. I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why am I missing Christmas? Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, like, really glad we don't cover a team like the Pistons, but... We had that season where they had two, two nine-game losing skids in a row. That was tough, but I, I mean, 19 in a row, and then you're going... The Indiana game Monday. Maybe there's a little hangover for the Pacers. Can you imagine that? Imagine the worst possible scenario. Pacers win the in-season tournament and then come home and lose to the Pistons at home. Yeah, that would be... That would be really bad. Especially, like, the in-season tournament game not counting as a... What? I have a question. So, the the (laughs) in-season tournament, you know? Saturday, right? Yeah. Whoever whoever wins, do they go party that night? Is that a celebration or is it not that big of a okay, deal? Okay, it's so funny that you say this because I was wondering, that I, not the same exact thing, but I was like, is the NBA getting anyone champagne in their locker room? Well, they're like, doing they, medals. But they're not doing champagne like showers and shit, right? And and then I thought about it too and I said, Morgan, don't judge it. Like, don't knock it. Like, because what if they do? And just because I might feel one way about it, like, they're the ones working their ass off and and winning the whoever it is winning the first ever IST Cup. 
I think no matter what, they're, all the players are going out. You're in Vegas. On a Saturday night. Saturday night. And the game tips off at 5.30. Yeah. Oh, you get out after doing media. If you win, you're probably getting out there, I don't know, 9.30. And then what? Sunday, hungover, Monday. <laughs> Sunday flight back. Yeah. Indiana's flight kind of sucks. Lakers well, is easy. Yeah. Indi- but I mean, like, let's be real. They can, it's not like they're flying southwest mm. uh, by the way the kings don't play the pistons until january 9th so i i don't think the kings are gonna have to worry about being the victim <laughs> of the the streak you don't want to be the the, the team that ends the skid nope. also that's not the only long losing skid going on in the nba I believe the spurs have lost 15 in a row whoa morgan we did literally went and did a video after their last win or excuse me after no it wasn't their last one they lost. Remember <laughs> how high all of us were talking about the Spurs, mm-hmm. the baby Spurs, yep. after they beat the Suns back-to-back games? That was around Halloween. Their last win came November 2nd against the Suns on that back-to-back when that was on the national stage. Everybody's talking about Victor, right? They have not had a win since that game. Well, and you haven't seen as much. I was going to say, you haven't seen as much, Victor, but you. I would say the mo- most of the reason is because you're seeing so much IST. You know, yeah. like it's everything is just like in your face with in-season tournament stuff. So, um, When are the Spurs winning again? They've got at Houston, the Lakers twice in a row, at New, or- or then, uh, New Orleans, and at Milwaukee. No way. <laughs> Chicago, then maybe Chicago. <laughs> Maybe. Damn. Damn. That sucks. See, and that's why, you guys, that's why, like, we celebrate and we have freaking fog machines and purple lights. Yes, that's why. That's because why. you never know when it's going to fall Because that could be us talking about that. Yeah. And you better still be here if you're really a fan. You better. One note as we're winding down to just look at the Kings schedule. They play a lot of home games coming up, but... This week, they've got Monday against Brooklyn. The yeah. next night, they have the Clippers on the second. I have a back-to-back for the second time this season, but this time in L.A. Then they're home Thursday for OKC. OKC just had an impressive win over the Golden State Warriors tonight. Uh, and, wait, they played again? Yes, I know. They the, played again? Yes, they played again. <laughs> what for the day four, is I think this? it's the fourth time they played this year. Okay. They won in overtime 138 to 136. SGA had 38 points. Jalen Williams had 28. Chet got fouled by Draymond on a three point attempt when the Warriors were up three, 118 to 115. He goes and makes all three free throws, so the game ends up going to overtime. And then in the overtime session, actually, OKC took control, but then the Warriors mounted a comeback. It was The scoring was 20-18 to 18 in overtime. I That's in watch. five minutes of action. Steph had 34 points, but the staff of the night for the Golden State Warriors, yeah. 29 turnovers Whoa. for 35 OKC points. No. Yes. They were that sloppy. So sloppy, Morgan. Ooh. So anyway, the King's schedule coming up features the next uh, three. You've got Brooklyn at home. Then you go at LA back to back. Thursday, you play OKC. Saturday, Utah. They're scuffling. Then you get Washington. They've won three games this year. Wait, Washington's only won three? <laughs> yes. No <laughs> The Wizards way. are awful, Morgan. 
Dude, I knew that they were awful, but like, you know, like when you're just like, oh man, they suck, but like you just haven't looked at their record in a hot minute. They're three and 18. They've lost four in a row. They're three and 18. Oh my God. Think They're about, three and 18. These are the teams. These are the That's teams to watch oh. uh, for like player avail, available players. Yeah, but who do you want? No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not saying even for the Kings. I'm just saying if you're into NBA rumors and fun and all that shit. Uh, um, so Washington is coming up Monday. So you have the Utah Washington at home. Like uh, those are games you got to win. So there's an opportunity here. And then this is a tough stretch after that. How about the next three at home around Christmas, Morgan, mm. Boston, Phoenix, Minnesota. This month's going to be interesting. Will this Christmas is... bring us a good gift under our tree? A lot of Kings wins. Will Christmas bring us this Please, gift. Santa. Or Santa. There we go. Please. Santa. Please. Please. Anyway, um, it's been fun hanging out with you guys on a Friday night. I think we ended good, so I'm happy. Oh, thank God. Deuce can go to bed. Um, if you have any thoughts on the game, drop some comments below. Make sure to hit the thumbs up and subscribe. We will be back again live on Monday, but we will be dropping some video content this weekend on our YouTube channel from Las Vegas. So we love you guys so much. But we got to go. So fun hanging out with you on a Friday night. <laughs> See ya. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.